Welcome to Mother Mother, a new podcast from the mom friends you need right now, because this shit is hard. I'm your host, Emily Ferris, a writer and married mom of two in Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas. While Mother Mother is technically a parenting podcast, this isn't a podcast about kids. It's a podcast all about the experience of being a mother, which in some ways is universal and, as we are going to learn in this episode, is sometimes very different for all of us. This is also an excuse for me to talk with a different mom friend each week, and hopefully also an excuse for you to socially distance from your family for 30 minutes to an hour and hang out with us too. If you want to hang out online, you can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Mother Mother Podcast, and you can always find more information online at mothermotherpodcast.com, where you can also leave me a voicemail, which no one has done yet. So for the love, will someone please leave me a fucking voicemail? Anyway, there is so much I want to share with you about my mom's social life, but you're going to have to join the Facebook group to hear it because I already had to cut so much from my really fun, but maybe also a little bit gossipy conversation about the business of momfluencing this week. So I'm just going to get right into this discussion, which is actually part one of a two-part series on momfluencers, which means that next week I'm talking to a real-life momfluencer. So let's get into this part one. Mother, mother. My guest today is Sarah Peterson, uh, who I consider like the foremost expert on momfluencers. And Sarah wrote an article that made the rounds in all my mom groups and writing groups. Uh, It was called Momfluencer Content Enrages Me. Why Can't I Look Away? And this was for Harper's Bazaar back in January. Um, Sarah, this article was, I feel like it was the first mainstream article that people were sharing about momfluencer culture. Can you tell me a little bit about, I mean, you talk about it in the article, but for people who haven't read it, can you take us back to uh, your fascination with momfluencers and maybe like your life when you decided to write this article? Yeah. Um, So I'd been pitching momfluencer centric pieces for a while, probably like a year before that piece got picked up. Um, Mostly because what I was seeing online on Instagram in momfluencer culture was so, so drastically different from my lived reality as a mother. Yes. And just trying to find like where momfluencer culture met actual motherhood was like a confounding exercise for me. And I had just been texting, you know, a million text threads with my friends saying, did you see this? Did you see that? Like, this is... Like there's this whole world of these beautiful idealized uh, renditions of motherhood that just have nothing to do with the very dirty, very ugly, very messy realities of motherhood. And I was just feeling so many feelings. I was feeling annoyed, enraged, envious. Um, I was buying shit because of them. And so, yeah, I just knew that there was stuff to write about. And yeah, what writing that piece was really me sort of like working through my own obsession. (laughs) You had a baby at the time and two older kids when you wrote this? So yeah, I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a two-year-old. So yeah. So he was, I guess the baby was like one-ish when I wrote that. Yeah. And you at the time were kind of, you were nursing and scrolling or 
I don't know if you were you nursing. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I made yeah, that assumption. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I know that when yeah. I had babies, I was you know one hand, yes, baby, baby on the boob, yes. and one hand scrolling Instagram, yeah, looking at these perfect, uh, perfect images of motherhood. So, um, so we talk about these perfect images of motherhood. Uh, let's set a scene. Can you set a scene of a of a uh, a generic Instagram totally. mom influencer post. Yes. So I wrote, I, I, yeah, I wrote about her in um, the Harper's piece, but at the time, Hannah from ballerina farms was really, really just like stuck in my head. Like I swear I dreamt about her. She just, and yeah, so, and she really fits into a standard white ideal of sort of escapist rural mom influencer culture. She's Mormon. She's on a ranch in Utah. You wouldn't know it was 2021, like from looking at her feed. You could you could just take it and put it in 1950. You could put it in, you know, it's just totally because is she wearing prairie dresses and her kids no. are in like muslin rompers. I mean, there's definitely yeah, her kids are definitely in gingham for sure, and there's like overalls for the boys. But she's mostly in high waisted, uh, like vintage looking Levi's. She has six kids and just her like energy that she projects and her joy is so like, it's both infectious and just bewildering. Like you have six kids, how, and she's constantly posting pictures of like making sourdough, of cooking stew with the beef that, you know, she raises on the ranch. And it's just, I I just, I, I can't wrap, I still can't wrap my head around it because to me, it looks like it would be pure hell. So, <laughs> yeah, I have such an issue with it because I, when I try to take a picture of my house for a while on my Instagram, I was, and I still do some decor. And in sure. order for me to get like one good picture of one clean corner of my house, now that I have two kids, is like a whole afternoon and I'm sweaty and I'm angry yes. and then I have to edit. And then like trying to get a picture of both of my kids looking at the camera or looking cute or not having like, food or poop on them. Yep. And then like how these people who have six children and like work full time on their social media manage to get a picture of like a clean house that's mm-hmm. fully styled with two to six children looking right. perfect and happy. And it's it it blows my it's exhausting to me to even look at sometimes because I'm like yeah. how it just it's I get the aspirational aspect of it, but it's also it's like don't shame me. I feel like there's right. like this indirect shame. And I know that no one's trying to do that with their right. content, but it does. I do sometimes feel just like shame about my own house and the way my children are dressed in stained clothes. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I never, I don't think I ever got super obsessed with the like more stereotypical momfluencer with like the beachy blonde waves and like the huge sprawling like McMansion, only because those images were so and are so orchestrated. Like they, I mean, they look like magazine shoots for a reason. Like there's so much involved. There's the lighting. Sometimes they hire hair and makeup. They're working with brands. So like, you know, there's a script that they have to follow to a certain extent. I think that's really important to think about. Like there's not, it's not just a mom taking pictures on her phone. Right. Because when you're looking at something like that looks like it belongs in a magazine, right? it probably has like the, the, elbow grease of a magazine shoot behind it. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, the Hannah's are more, they get in my head more because I can trick myself into thinking like, no, this really is just her life. And she really just 
loves being a mom this much. And that's where my own insecurities lie. So that for me is like the mom plants her catnip. But, you know, I've talked to so many women. I'm writing a book about all this and I've talked to so many women and it completely depends what your own mothering insecurity is. Like that has a real bearing on who you're going to seek out and how it's going to make you feel. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So there's a whole psychology behind who we're following. and Yeah, totally. I found during the pandemic, I got very sick of this like highly aesthetic, monochromatic, white, just just my feed looking like a bunch of white houses and white women and white children dressed. I mean, I'm a white woman. My walls in my living room are white, except for the one that's painted black. Um, But I've (laughs) colored my house. And I I just, I got so sick of it. And I would see pictures. I appreciate a a photographer or an Instagrammer having a style. I think there's, that's good personal branding or branding Mm -hmm. in general. But I, I would see pictures in my feed, even if it was just, um, well, okay, this isn't quite mom culture, but the uh, Studio McGee people come to yes. mind. Yes, yep, yep. Um, and they fit into this genre because they are mm-hmm. white Mormons who have many kids, and they post about their family life, and yep. they have a show on Netflix, which I, oh, I kind of hate watched it. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. They seem, I mean, they seem like perfectly nice people, but I, I remember just I would see a project, a living room, a kitchen pop up in my feed. And I was like, that's Studio McGee. And it became so predictable. And it was just like the same whites and off-whites and marbles and the same wood and the same style. And I feel like momfluencer culture has, in the last few years, really gone that direction. And I know that I, in the summer of 2020, stopped... I just I cut some of that. I just got so sick of it. I was like, I can't yeah. look at this anymore. It's boring. I'm I'm mm-hmm. tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also in the summer of 2020, when you know everybody's like, pay more attention to black creators. Yeah. I was introduced to a lot more black mom influencers, or just like I don't you know black moms who have yeah. cool Instagram feeds right. and uh, the, like no pun intended, but my feed is much more colorful now. Um, it's more, f- it's, it's, you know, people have color in their houses and they, <laughs> not everybody has all white walls and all white furniture. I don't understand how the fuck anybody has a white couch with children anyway. Right. Right. Um, but I just got so sick of this constant white and off-white aesthetic. Color palette. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, or lack of color palette. Yes. As it were. So did you follow... Have you followed mom fluencers for a long time? Like before you had kids, did you follow? So your oldest is how old? Uh, nine. So Instagram. So they were like mom bloggers. At the time. Yes. Yeah. Like Instagram was around then, but it wasn't what it is now. There were no, you know, mom fluencers. Um, and I think the first one I started, like the first OG one I started following was Taza. Do you follow her? I Naomi did. Davis. I did. Oh, I, I mean, I oh, I'm very familiar. With her. <laughs> okay. I think I unfollowed her during the pandemic. I hey, I get it. She was like one of the first, and you know, then I was just like looking at her blog and like Cup of Joe, which doesn't really count as like a traditional mom cleanser, but there was mom content. And Taza, I think I had my daughter then. Um, she was like maybe a newborn when I started following Taza. And again, it was like the beautiful bright colors, the big smiles, the like rhapsodizing over, you know, creamy baby cheeks and the little freckles and like sun dappled apple orchards. It was just so pretty 
and joyful. And I keep getting to the word joyful because yeah, parenting can be joyful, but my days of parenting are mostly like a grind. Like it's a ton of work. It's you're getting annoyed. You're getting frustrated. You're telling a kid to put his shoes on like 20 million times before leaving the house. You have five minutes to get to the bus. Like there's not a ton of big toothy smiles in my motherhood. And so that when I had a newborn and a two-year-old really, it just made me feel like my motherhood should be more joyful and that something within me needed to do something differently to make it look more like that. Yeah. So then you put more pressure on yourself and everything sucks even more. (laughs) Totally. So you were following these moms and feeling like your life was lacking and for you that manifested in buying things. Yes. Buying things, getting into skincare. Like I really wanted to rock. You're rocking a bold red lip right now really beautifully, I just have to say. <laughs> Thank you. I've been doing that since I was like 16. So. It's No, yeah. I'm not. But like like I, I, I still aspire to do that. <laughs> but just like things like that, things that would make me feel like less lost as a mother. Like yeah. this is me. I have a bold red lip or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I spent a lot of money the first year of motherhood for me. Like I spent more money than I have. I probably spent in the 10 years combined, save for buying a house because I was just like up and tired and like anything or somebody promised me would help my baby sleep. I was just like throwing money at it. A 1 million percent. Or covering up my under eye circles Mm -hmm. or, oh, and then I got really into, um, I thought I wasn't going to stress out about breastfeeding and a lactation consultant kind of sent me on a spiral and I spent so much money on galactagogues and lactation cookies and all this shit. Um, And I I think obviously Instagram had some influence on my, my like, oh my God, I have to breastfeed my babies because you see these pictures of these moms and I have mixed feelings about it because one aspect is like, it's good that we're normalizing breastfeeding and right. boobs and feeding your right. baby. But then it's also like, look how easy and beautiful it is. And it was not easy or beautiful for me at right. all. Even when right. it's even when my boobs stopped bleeding and it became Ugh. easier, yeah. it still wasn't easy or beautiful. So do you still follow Taza? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, part of what's nice about being obsessed with all of this stuff is that it has given me some distance, like some emotional distance. Um, I mean, there's certain, I still have my, my people that get into my soul and sort of like sit there, but Taza is no longer one of them. Now I'm thinking back to mom bloggers, like pre-Instagram. Yeah. So there was Deuce, mm-hmm. Heather Armstrong. Yep. And I consider her kind of like the OG mom influencer yeah. because she was mom blogging before it was even a thing. Yep. Um, there's one I've been following, Bluebird. Oh, yes. I used to follow her. Well, I would read her blog yeah. um, when she had like – she lived in Texas and she had like a or Nashville? vintage shop. Was it Nashville? Well, she's in Nashville now. Oh, but she was in she Texas. She was in okay. Texas and Got had it. two kids and she had a cute little vintage shop and everything in her house was like vintage and – 70s vibe. Yes. Rock star. It's very – she's like – you know, like we all of our styles have evolved, but she has right. a very different life and feed and content now and I can't – I still can't look away, even if she doesn't show up in my feed. Like, she's one who just got into my head. Yeah. Do you post pictures of your kids on Instagram? Um, I have some of when they were little. I stopped now. I don't know. I have some, like, you know, back of head shots or whatever. And now 
Yeah, I have some when my two oldest kids were little, but I just don't anymore. Um, just because, like, even thinking about it was taking up too much mental space for me. So like, you never tried to be a momfluencer for a minute? So, okay. <laughs> I kind of did. <laughs> when was that? Probably when my daughter was, like, one and a half or two. Um, this was before I started writing seriously And I was like going through some existential crisis about like, what do I want to do with my life career wise? Um, I taught for a little bit, like adjunct professor stuff. And it was, I mean, the pay is criminal and it was just not fulfilling and just not what I wanted to do. So I was trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do. And I had always kind of written just snarky, funny things and like emails and stuff. And my friends were like, you should just like try to blog because blogging was the thing then. So I was like, oh, okay. And I just like (laughs) half asked, like, I remember there was one post I had of like a teacup with like a sprig of lavender. And like, of course I took like a hundred photos of the stupid teacup. And then like, I had like four hashtags. It got like, I don't know, seven likes. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I was just like, I was totally just looking at the shit I was seeing and trying to emulate that with no real goal in mind, but just like, oh, I guess this is what you do on Instagram is you take pretty pictures of tea. Well, there, yeah, I mean, there is a formula. If you look at it, I mean, obviously, obviously, you're an expert now, but like, there is very much a formula to it. And I'm going to sound really biased here, but I have really cute kids. Uh, I also have really cute blonde kids. So like Instagram loves cute blonde kids. Oh, they love it. And I've had people say like, why don't you just like start a mom account, a momfluencer account? And I just, A, I do not have the energy. I can't keep my house that clean. But I just, I've tried was it what 2017? I definitely had my own little like, okay, I'm gonna be in it. Like, you know, I create content for a living mm-hmm. and they're people making so much money just like posting their one-line captions and thoughts and pictures <laughs> of their house. I can do that. And oh my God, just even trying to do like some craft projects and cocktails and pictures yeah. of my house. It's so much work and yeah. just so exhausting. So there is a formula, but unless mm-hmm. you have unless you're like independently wealthy already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to to adhere to that formula. I think the other thing that prevented me from trying that wholeheartedly is that, like, I remember my sister taking a photo of me, like, arranging flowers. And I was just like, this is bullshit. Like, this is fucking bullshit. I just couldn't deal with the inherent bullshit of it. Like, you know, she she stopped taking the photo and then, like, my son came in with, like, a blowout diaper or whatever. And it's like... This is just not what motherhood is. It's not fucking arranging flowers and having peaceful cups of tea. Like, it's not. And so, I don't know. I I just, I have so much rage about motherhood. I just couldn't, like, I couldn't commit to the the pretty version. Um, I do have some moms, friends who are momfluencers or lifestyle influencers who post a lot about their kids. They are high energy people. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. they have beautiful homes that are Usually like always clean. But <laughs> yeah. I will say, like, I have one mom friend who has a very aesthetic feed and two blonde children. And she she showed me. She's like, yep, I'm not taking a picture of that today because that's a mess. Like, I moved that over. And I, it's – but most people don't get to see that. Yeah. We, we've both kind of dropped the term hate follow. Um, and I feel – bad using that term. Like I say it when I talk to my husband, like, oh, I hate follow her. I'll tell my sister a friend after a couple of glasses of wine, but I don't necessarily feel, uh, I, I do feel like a bad feminist 
or just like a bad person of the internet when I use the term hate follow in relation, I'll say it generally, but I, I don't, I would feel bad saying about any particular um, Insta- Instagrammer or influencer. Yeah. So my thinking has really evolved on this. Um, I really think that most of us are not hate following so much as we are trying to define our own lived realities as mothers against people we see on Instagram. So like in my text threads, we're not like tearing certain influencers down. It's more like this conversation we're having here. Like, do you think she has a nanny? How could she be pregnant again? Is she going crazy with so many kids in the house? Like, do you think it's real? Like, it's, I really feel like our fraught reasons for following momfluencers that we feel kind of ambivalent about has more to do with us trying to figure out our own motherhood in a system that like consistently cuts us down. Yeah, I I get, you know, I also have found that there are some people that I might have said that I hate followed at one point, and now I kind of feel sorry for them, and I'm just, like, following them to make sure they're okay. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I felt like I was so invested in their lives, even if it was just for three minutes a day, reading a Mm -hmm. post and looking at their kids and seeing, you know, following them when they moved or – I don't, I mean, starting a new job, that doesn't happen very often with this, uh, with this demographic, but yeah, or got married or got divorced or whatever. And um, yeah, I do. There are some, I just want to make sure they're okay. And and then I've, I, I feel like it's, I've been following some people so long that I have come full, full circle. So maybe I started following them because they had a pretty blog yeah. or a good recipe. And then I found I was hate following them and then I felt sorry for them. And then I was checking in on them and now I'm happy. <laughs> That they're okay. Or yeah. so it seems. And sometimes that means like a divorce and a break from Mormonism. Totally. <laughs> well, and the other thing is like we develop real parasocial relationships with these people. And so when we're talking to our friends about them, it's not that different from talking about our IRL friends. You know, like it's a it's a bonding ritual. It's something to sort of ground us in the here and now. It's a shared interest. So I feel like just painting all of it with the term hate follow just misses some of the nuance. It does. It does. And and again, like when you're looking at it through a feminist lens, um, that is, it's, it is shitty to like say, at least say it publicly about anyone specifically hate right, follow because right. it is, it, there is so much more to that. Um, and I think you're, if you say you're hate following someone, it's also, you're saying something about yourself right? as much as the the person you're following. Right. We're going to take a quick break. Before we go, I have a question for you. Yes. What are you wearing? Oh my God. (laughs) I'm wearing an ancient J. Crew factory plaid flannel shirt and leggings and socks and slippers. (laughs) So not, you're not wearing all white. No. (laughs) For your mom fluencer interview. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. My guest is Sarah Peterson, author of the infamous uh, Harper's Bazaar article, Momfluencer Content Enrages Me, Why Can't I Look Away? You wrote some follow-up momfluencer type articles as well. Like there was one about like old-timey clothing and I was (laughs) tackling when I was reading that one. (laughs) 
For InStyle, I did the the one you're talking about, which is sort of the trends, the nostalgic trends um, in influencer culture, you know, the Victorian gowns or just the prairie farm dresses, but whatever, like a focus on hearkening back to yesteryear when things were supposedly better um, for a very certain subset of people. Um, and then I've written about momfluencers and MLMs for Refinery29. Um, what else? And then I recently did a piece for Harper's Again, collaborating with Amanda Montel, who wrote the book Cultish, which is about, um, the piece is about the cultish language of certain like wellness guru momfluencers. Um, yeah. And I'm now I feel like that. I read that one a while ago. Did you touch on like wellness liberal becoming kind of a circle into anti-vax, yes. Trump, and how? Yes. yes. So, like, first we're playing with essential oils, and now we're QAnon. <laughs> right, exactly. It's a really slippery slope, it turns out. And yeah, in this piece, I talk about how sort of the cultish language can sort of can act as red flags when you're reading certain influencers feeds, um, a lot of talk about freedom, a lot of talk about doing your own research. Um, oh, yes. Do your own research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. a scientist. That's right. So yeah, talking to Amanda was so eye-opening and her book is awesome. Highly, highly recommended. I and will it, link yeah. that in the show notes as well, the book and the and your article there because yeah, that was a that was a fun and also enraging. Yes. Read. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of gross gross stuff about how um, epidurals are objectively harming your baby and your attachment to your baby objectively, like was a word that was quoted and it was just really upsetting. So lots of gross, judgy, heading into QAnon territory stuff there. And a lot of those accounts have now gone private. Yes. Yeah. One of them I'm following and I, I, she somehow has not blocked me, but, um, yeah, a lot of them have gone private. Yeah. But a lot of them aren't, a lot of them aren't, you can find them pretty easily. So what are some wellness red flag keywords to look out for other than do your own research? Anytime you see any sort of dogmatic, this is the right way. And the only way I think that's a red flag um, anytime somebody is using their very specific life circumstance as like a be all end all guide that can be generalized and applied to everyone, regardless of their varying life circumstances and identities is a problem. Um, any sort of vilification or demonizing of certain, you know, parenting strategies or, you know, belief systems, that's no good. Yeah. I have unfollowed so many people who are like, sleep training is going to destroy your baby and right. your attachment. And I'm like, if I didn't, it would have destroyed my life. Right, right, right. Any sort of this is unequivocally good and this is unequivocally bad uh, languages is problematic. Yeah. So um, back to the more positive mom. Like, <laughs> toxic positivity is obviously an issue with yeah. uh, momfluencers and their – it, it it's all wrapped into this highly aesthetic, attain, oh, unattainable, right. aspirational uh, content. And one of my least favorite slash favorite types of post is the kind where they will be like, 
life is, you know, everything's not perfect or don't try to be so perfect. And like life is messy or be messy. But then the picture is so fucking perfect and styled and just like so aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's that is probably the momfluencer content that enrages me the most. Yeah. Well, because it's so gaslighty. It's yes. so gaslighty. And Ugh, yeah, the the performance of authenticity or the performance of relatability is like a whole genre. And I agree that like most consumers of influencer content, like we're savvy enough to know, like we have our own messes and we know what real messes look like. And it's not, they're not well lit usually. And they don't involve like a beautiful bunch of grapes. Like I'm actually curious how many of these like high high end luxury mom influencers, the ones you know who have hundreds of thousands of followers and pristine houses and multiple children, like they've got to have a nanny. Yeah, yeah. And the, there's nothing wrong with having no. a nanny. But like, show us that you have a fucking nanny. Right, right, right. And like a housekeeper. I feel like in order to have, like, if your house is your means of income, mm-hmm. it's a business expense to have someone cleaning it all the time and taking care of your children. And I wish there were more transparency. Yeah, for sure. Around that. For sure. I don't and I like I don't I hate the word authentic because I right. feel like I feel like anybody who uses the word authentic is not being authentic. <laughs> well, it's like impossible to say without huge scare quotes around it now. It's true. It's true. Cuz it's like a whole genre now. <laughs> it is. Authenticity is a genre. Mhm. But I feel like what that means is kind of changing. I do feel yeah. like there's been more of a trend toward like this lo-fi real life, but only very recently. And I think a lot of that is due to TikTok. And I wonder, like, is it possible that TikTok could be kind of the end of the momfluencer as we know it? I mean, I don't think so. I just think since forever, we have been conditioned to want to see a pretty mom with her pretty kids in a pretty house. It's so archetypal in our culture. So I think there's always going to be the perfect mom in her perfect bubble. But there are so many other perspectives now to consume. And TikTok, yeah, for sure is like, I don't know, there's just so many funny, smart moms creating such cool content now that, yeah, we're not, I I don't think we're stuck with only the aspirational accounts now. Right. It's almost like if you're going to be an influencer on Instagram, your house has to look a certain way and your kids have to look a certain way and your feed has to look a certain way. But TikTok has kind of democratized influencing in a way that I think we all thought Instagram had, but it it really, it changed. I mean, when Instagram came out with an algorithm, and do you even rem- remember Instagram before the algorithm? I know. I know. <laughs> I barely do. <sighs> but I, it, it, I do feel like when we all got on Instagram a decade ago, it seemed like, okay, this is like democratizing content creation. Mm-hmm. But it is not. It is very much a pay to play if you have the resources, if you have – and obviously there are some people who rise to the top. But when it comes to lifestyle content, it's right. really hard to rise to the top without already – having certain privileges and aesthetics. Oh, totally. Yeah, well, I do think there are some moms on Instagram that their feeds are not just this aesthetic, like you were talking about just feeling numbed by the same aesthetic. Um, Gar- the Garcia Diaries, she came from a background that a lot of the more stereotypical like 
Mormon mommies um, don't. Like she really built her platform from just, I mean, not from nothing, obviously, but without so many of those privileges you were talking about. And she isn't like performatively authentic. She has like, she's, she writes a lot and posts a lot about like real postpartum bodies and like real, sometimes ugly feelings about motherhood, but she does it. It it feels she's really succeeded in communicating some truths about motherhood that doesn't feel like she's catering to just, you know, a need to be quote unquote authentic. So there, there's definitely, there's definitely moms out there doing that. One thing you talked about in the Harper's article, you said, at least in this system, moms are reaping the benefits. And so I agree with that. Like moms are reaping the benefits versus a big publishing house, corporations. Like uh, you had talked about how this was the kind of content that once appeared in magazines. And now, you know, the the ad money is going to momfluencers and they're posting it. Um, and I, my first thought was, well, yeah, but it's going to these moms who already didn't have to work and already had the beautiful house and had the the privilege of time and money and a nice camera and a nanny and a housekeeper but but it is a job and it it is now a legitimate way i used to roll my eyes when people would say i'm an influencer now i mean it is a job and it is a way to make money and people can absolutely support themselves and their children and i you know i don't want to fault anyone for using the tools that they have to to support their family. But I, I, going back to what I've said now like five times, generally the people who are making the most money on this aren't the people who need the the sponsorship dollars to like feed their kids. Well, and if they and if they have turned it into a full-time career, most of them started, you know, knowing the rules of the game and knowing how to play those and having the money to hire a photographer, hire a videographer, hire hair and makeup people to buy the stuff that in the house that's going to look good on camera. Like there's so many. Yeah, it's like anything. I mean, the more. Yeah. So who are some other momfluencers you follow who you think are doing it right? Someone I'm just completely obsessed with. And she, I don't she wouldn't fit like the stereotypical definition of a momfluencer, but she's super transparent about her ads and her sponsored content. And I really think all the quote unquote good momfluencers are now like you're not it, we're past the stage of people trying to like sneak in spawn con and yes. And it, and it's, and I appreciate it when they do it with like complete awareness that like, this is a business transaction and I appreciate that they run a business and if they need to show me a few ads, like that is fine. But um, Rudy Jude, do you know who that is? No. Oh my God. I'm going to look her up right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so obsessed. <clears throat> she lives in this like coastal island in Maine. She's like there, she and her ridiculously hot husband are building a house. Like they legit, like instead of concrete for the house's foundation, they like crushed a bunch of clamshells and like mixed it with sand and stuff like oh my god so like how, part There's of the, color in her feed yes and like for and sure nipple, part of a nipple i mean it's still beautiful and it's still following a certain aesthetic um you know format but you also can like learn about growing flax which is okay but also who has time to crumble clamshells a hundred percent and <laughs> so you're totally right that you can't ignore the layers of privilege in accounts like these. But I guess what I now appreciate is just like 
different versions of motherhood being represented. Like, I don't want to just be looking at the McMansion, you know, mom with her beachy blonde waves. Like, it, it it's boring. Like, we were, you know, talking about earlier. It just gets boring. Do you follow any momfluencers who have a full-time job that is not interior design? Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what is her name? Not that there's – I am obsessed with interior totally. design. Totally. And, and, and someday would maybe love to – do it as a as a second <laughs> act in my life. Um, so no shade to interior designers, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of the mom influencers, like their job is interior design, and they might right. work on their own house more than anyone else's, and that's fine. Um, yeah. So anyone who has a full time job who's not an interior designer, yeah, I feel like there's a lot now where, like, we're so I think we're really interested in the people behind our favorite brands in a way that maybe we weren't before social media. So like a lot of moms who run brands will become sort of de facto mom influencers just because they already have a large platform. Or like Eva Chen. Yeah, totally. Totally. She's great. <laughs> totally. So yeah, I think there's that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anybody who's not behind a big brand and already has, like I can, I'm trying to think right. of, if I follow any moms um, who work, well, there's one uh, like um, Elizabeth Olson. Um, she's White Lightning and she was not a momfluencer. She did. Um, I started following her when she, uh, after she became a mom because our kids were about the same age and she had a cute couch or something. Yeah. Um, and she is an art director and I don't think she would consider herself a momfluencer at right. all, but she posts pictures of her kid and her life. And I appreciate, I, I enjoy following her because A, her house has color in it. Um, mm -hmm. B, she's not a size two. Mm -hmm. And C, she like works and clearly loves her work and her career and posts about that as yeah. well. But yeah. she's, I, don't, I don't even know. I feel like she has 20-something thousand followers. Right. And like for brands, sometimes that's like still a micro Totally, totally. When there are these moms who have 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. Right. So any other moms that you want to shout out? Any other momfluencers you want to shout out while we're here? Um, I really <clears> – <throat> I recently interviewed Valerie – uh, yeah, Metz, Valerie Metz. And she's on Instagram as at Mama Folk. So M-A-M-M-A -M -M -A Folk. And she, she, her feed is just really, I mean, it's great to look at, but it's not boring. It's just like full of sunshine and light. And I don't know, she just, she, and she, you can see the artistry in her photos so it's like it's like visual escape, but in a way that makes me feel sort of like refreshed and rejuvenated versus icky. And like, yeah, it's it's I guess it's aspirational, but it, in a way that makes me feel like good. <laughs> if, oh, I love this feed. It's you so know? it's like very much my aesthetic, the mustardy yellow. Yeah. And just like, like beachy. High flash photography, sunny. Yes. This is fun. I like yeah. this. Yeah. One other, I, I do want to give a shout out to um, Design Mom. Oh, yes. She's one of the OGs. Yes. She's one of the OGs. Yes. I actually bought her book mm. in a bookstore. Well, mm. in a store, in a more of like a design, a home decor store um, and loved her book and then found her on Instagram. So I feel like kind of cool that I didn't even find her on, or uncool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but I love her. And she is Mormon. Yeah. Not, she's not like fully ex-Mormon, I don't think, but she's not really like a practicing Mormon anymore. And she had 
Um, if you don't own Design Mom, you should follow her. She's great. She's now like renovating this beautiful townhouse in France. Yeah. Um, but she um, had a viral Twitter thread about abortion uh, that comes up all the time, which is great. And I'm sure yeah. she enraged many of her um, Mormon peers with that and probably like most men in this country. Uh, but I will also link to that Twitter thread. That's really, But she is great. She is very... I feel she's her stuff is so aspirational and she has like six beautiful children and they all are multi-talented and wear adorable clothes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she is more transparent about some of the the struggles and what goes into it. Yeah. And and she likes to start a conversation. She will yes. that's one thing I really like is she will she will drop a thought and then really like her her uh, comment section is just like really great conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also just acutely aware that so much of this is performative and not, you know, meant to be like perfectly real or, you know, she's just aware of the many contradictions. And so I feel like any momfluencer who has that self-awareness and awareness of the culture at large is going to be more appealing just by nature of like, saying like, yeah, we get this. Like we're all in on the fact that like motherhood sucks a lot of the time and sometimes it's pretty and sometimes it's not. Okay. So you mentioned at, uh, at the end of the article in Harper's Bazaar that, uh, the article was originally 20 pages long. So you've said, so there is a book coming. Tell me about the book. So it's coming out in 2023. Um, and it's like, I mean, I guess you could say it's that article expanded to book length. But yeah, it's trying to peel back all the layers, looking at why we follow momfluencers, what it says about us as individuals, what it says about motherhood as an institution, um, the business side of things, the fact you know that it is a legitimate career path for so many. Um, and looking into sort of how momfluencers and moms are all sort of swimming in the same stew of misogyny and, you know, lack of caregiving support in this country. And, you know, that at the end of the day, it's kind of silly to hate momfluencers. We should really be hating the conditions that have gotten us here in the first place. So, yeah. Yeah, because even if their lives look perfect – like a, no one's life is perfect, and you never know what goes on behind the, you know, outside the frame. Mm-hmm. But also just the thought, the idea of how much pressure there must be to keep creating this content, and living such a highly aesthetic life. And, right. Um, I'm next week. I'm interviewing uh, my friend Britt. Uh, she's at Brit Knoll, and she uh, pays her kids, which I love. So. Oh, cool. And That's she so cool. is a single black mom of three, so. Uh, it's, it'll be a very different perspective. I mean, we're here yeah. kind of a, a critiquing the momfluencer culture, and I think we both agree that it is too white and too privileged, and um, everything looks the fucking same. Yeah. But, but once I yeah. – it, it did take some work on my part to, to make my feed not look like every – Right. <laughs> um, okay. So what's your book called? Is, is it still a it's working title? It's called Momfluenced. Momfluenced out – 2023 mom influenced. Well, um, I'm gonna go look for your your teacup post. Oh god. <laughs> You'll see it. So uh where can people what what are your handles? Where can people find you and your your teacup post? <laughs> um, let's see. I am at 
S. Louise Peterson. Um, so yeah, it's my middle, Louise is my middle name and it's Peterson with an E and yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. And you're Sarah with no H, even though when I emailed you one morning, I hadn't had my coffee or my ADHD meds and I put an H and I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Sarah with no H. Yep. P-E Peterson. Um, S. Louise Peterson. Yes. S. Louise Peterson. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's been really fun. I feel like I could have this conversation for three more hours, but I'm trying not to have like the three-hour podcast because I'm not busy, Phillips. I can't do it yet. <laughs> totally. I feel like this is a conversation that I have with my mom friends a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to have had it with the foremost expert on momfluencers. <laughs> and I have a lot of linking to do for the show notes uh, for all these momfluencers we mentioned. And uh, I will definitely have you back when your book comes out. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Mother, mother, can you hear me? Sure, I'm sober. Okay, so like I said in the intro, for the sake of time, I did have to cut a lot from my interview with Sarah, including a bit on how damaging forums like GOMI, which stands for Get Off My Internets, can be. And there's really so much more to explore about how this is all kind of bullshit, because unlike men, women are often just totally fucked career-wise when we have kids, and there's no real system of support for parents or especially mothers in the U.S. So we make money however we can. Um, Some of us turn to momfluencing, and some of us, like me, can't. Anyway, luckily, as Sarah and I discussed, she has a book coming out in 2023 called Momfluenced, so I promise I will have her back on, and I'm sure we will get into all of that in depth. In the meantime, I'll be back next week with an actual momfluencer, and she's a friend of mine and very cool. Uh, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button, which is now just a little plus sign in the Apple Podcast app if you haven't already. And if you're loving the show, please, 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 please tell your mom friends, either on social media or in real life. And please also rate and review Mother Mother on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The more people listen, the more time I can spend creating great episodes for you. And right now, this is really a labor of love. Not really. It is a labor of love. Thank you so much for listening to Mother Mother, my labor of love podcast. If you're on Facebook, join us in the Mother Mother podcast group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Mother Mother podcast and find Mother Mother anytime online at mothermotherpodcast.com, where you can also leave me a voicemail right there on the website. You just click on the little red microphone icon in the bottom right corner. If you do, you will be the first one to leave me a voicemail, and you should be very clear in your voicemail if you don't want me to play it on the air. That's all I have this week. I'll be back next week with a momfluencer. Our theme song, Mother Mother by Tracy Bonham, is performed by the amazing Jocelyn McKenzie with Harry Bowles. Bye. Yeah, I'm working, making money. I knew I could never be an influencer when my husband took a few pictures of me and like every picture is just like horrible face shadows and I look yeah. like a corpse and I was just like, okay, I can't. Oh nope, this isn't for us. This is not for us. I'm just going to go on a podcast with my radio voice. Mother, mother, can you hear me? Sure, I'm sober. Sure, I'm sane. Life is perfect. Never better. Still the same If I tell you what you